Good morning to each one. Let's come out this morning. It's good to see all the visitors that come out. And I especially want to thank my family for coming out and showing support. Uh, appreciate that. As I was given the date for my message, this was back in September, I believe. I kind of thought that's November 6th is a long way off, but here we are. And I just kind of wondered, what do you, what do you preach for the first time? Uh, so I kind of struggled with that a little bit. And the first couple of times I opened the bulletin and uh, saw my name at the, the in the bulletin there with the ministry, it just gave me a a strange feeling, I guess you could say, as being part of the Word of Hope ministry and having my name under the deacon title. It, it's still something I I really have to process. It's, um, something I have to uh, look up and see, oh yeah, I am the deacon of this church. It's, so it's, I do cover your prayers as we make this transition. And I just want to thank you for your prayers. Um, Wednesday night, several of you uh, said you're praying for me as I prepare this message, and I got various texts throughout the uh, week. I just appreciate that. God bless you for that. I do want to do my part in where God has called me. Uh, I would have been content to be an usher the rest of my life in this church, but this is where God has called me, and it, by his grace, I want to fulfill this where he has called me. So I don't know. I I really don't know where our church name originated, uh, but I do appreciate it. Um, it could have been called River Mennonite or Susquehanna Mennonite or Port Treverton Mennonite. We don't know yet where God wants this congregation to be, so I think it's appropriately appropriately named Word of Hope Mennonite, and I, that's kind of where I brought my message to is those three words, word of hope. Just something to think about. Uh, if you were to explain to someone who needs hope in one word, what would that be? Just word of hope. If you could give them one word, what would that be? I would hope it would be Jesus. Because he is the, the only hope in, in this world. This world desperately needs hope. So that's kind of where I'm going with my message this morning. Uh, 
the word hope. I have it here just out of the dictionary definition. First one is a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. Another definition is someone or something on which hopes are centered. I had to think next week midterm elections are coming up. I don't I don't get involved in that or anything, but there's a lot of people that are putting their hopes or centering their hopes on this certain candidate to uh, carry through with what they believe is best for the country or for their state. And one more definition is something desired or hoped for. So that's, that's just the definition of hope out of the straight out of the dictionary. But I trust hope this morning is more than that to us. Um, I don't think it's wrong. I, I've, somewhere it explained hope as uh, unfounded optimism or more or less you hope for something that really has no foundation. I don't think it's wrong to have expectations and hopes um, as a goal. It's, it's good to have that. But I really liked how my Bible dictionary put it, and I'm just going to read that. Biblical hope is the anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. More specifically, hope is the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. And that's a beautiful thing as we as God works in our lives, we can anticipate what he has for us in the future. This contrasts to the world's definition of hope as a feeling that what is wanted will happen. So you can kind of see the difference there between our hope in God and the world's hope of unfounded optimism. And of course the opposite of that is hopelessness or hopeless. Um, I think we can, all you'd have to do is walk through Walmart and see people with just hopelessness written all over their face. We live in a society that's, they can hope for things but it's really it's unfounded, there's no foundation. It's And even we as ourselves can come into seemingly hopeless situations. But I trust we have a, a foundation. So as I was studying, um, last week, I believe last week was study week, I was able to listen to some of that. and. Uh, there was one brother at study week that had a subject on sermon preparation and he said uh, there's you have your different kinds of sermons and he said a topical sermon is one of the most dangerous sermons to have and I soon found myself in a topical sermon so uh, and it's because you you tend to pull verses out of the Bible and maybe a little bit out of context to 
what you have for your sermons. So it's my desire to keep uh, everything within context. And I do want to say if you see something that afterwards you can come up to me and say, Brother Jay, that might have been off a little bit. So I want to be open to that. So 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, as we all know. In the very last verse there, says, And now by the faith, hope, charity, or love, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, or again, love. And we see hope right in the middle of that. So I would, I would like to just kind of walk, walk through those three there. Um, in my study Bible, I liked how it, it laid it out. So f- faith is your foundation, what you believe in. Faith is the foundation. Hope is the attitude and focus, and love is action. So while I will be uh, looking, we'll be looking at hope um, in the middle there, I don't want to minimize those other two. You're going to have to have a foundation if you're going to um, have a clear focus. So, And I don't know, this, this is just me and using my brain, but... I kind of likened it to a camera. Now, I enjoy photography. Um, I'm not real big into it, but I enjoy it. So, first of all, you're going to need a good camera if you're going to get into it. You're going to need a good, solid camera, nothing cheap. So that's your foundation. you got your foundation. And then you're going to have to focus on the image you want to take a picture of. And I think most cameras nowadays are autofocus, so, but back in the, and you still can go to manual focus, but you're going to have to use that lens and focus in on your image until it's clear. So you have your focus. But you can do all that, and if you skip the last part of actually taking the picture, um, it's really going to do you no good. So you have, you have um, faith as your foundation, hope as your focus, and love is action. Just, just a little illustration I thought of. So. so we are going to be looking at a lot of verses. You don't have to turn to all of them if you don't want to. And I thought I should kind of have uh, maybe a theme verse. And that I took out of Lamentations 3, some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Lamentations 3.21 to 26. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. 
say we see a beautiful picture of us, um, our hope being properly placed in God, our focus is on God. So I kind of have it split up in three, three parts. Um, past, present, and future. What did hope look like in the past? And what does hope look like in our lives today? And what is the believer's hope of the future? So what did hope look like in the past? And I had to think about that. Um, in the garden, um, after God had created everything, he made Adam and Eve. Um, do you think they needed hope? They had everything they needed. It's just, just a question that came to me. Before the fall, was, was there, did they have to have hope? I don't know. But I do know that after the fall, they desperately needed hope. And if you want to, you can turn to Genesis 3, verse 15. is the very first prophecy of um, hope. So Adam and Eve had sinned, and they have fallen, and God is casting them out of the garden. But he leaves them with this, and um, I believe it was... To them, it was their only, only hope. And God says, Genesis 3:15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And that is the prophecy of Jesus coming to earth and defeating Satan forever. So I believe that's the very first. Um, verse in the Bible that where, where hope was needed, where God brought hope. He brought in his plan of bringing us hope. We go later into uh, Genesis 17. God again brings to Abram his plan for bringing hope into the world. I'm going to read verses 1 to 8 in Genesis 17. When Abram was 90 years, old, 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for I will for 
and everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So we have this promise of hope being brought to Abraham, of his, through, through Abraham, his seed would be established forever, and that we can trace Jesus the whole way back to Abraham. In Romans 4.18, it talks about Abraham and the whole chapter is pretty much about Abraham, but there was a verse in there that stood out to me. This is talking about Abraham, Romans 4.18. Who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So we have Abraham, and kind of what I gathered out of that is it says he hoped, who against hope believed in hope. So we know Abraham kind of took things into his own hands with Hagar there, and I believe he was hoping through that that the promised seed would be because Sarah was barren. But eventually he had to put his hope in God and God's plan. Um, I believe that's what this verse is talking about. Who against hope believed in hope. We go on down through to children of Israel, um, slaves in uh, Egypt for 430 years they were slaves and I believe that was quite a hopeless situation uh, even if you lived to be a hundred years old if you were on the the tail end of that uh, 430 years you would see three generations before you that were always slaves uh, God was needed to bring hope to this situation he freed Israel from bondage provided for their needs in the wilderness, formed them into a community, covenant community at Sinai, and led them into successful occupation of Canaan. Even when Israel was unfaithful, hope was not lost. God forgave those who returned to him. And in Jeremiah 14, 8, God address, or Jeremiah addresses God as, O hope of Israel. As we know, Israel had their ups and downs throughout history. In uh, 2 Samuel 7, we have David wanted to build a temple to God. And as we know that account, God said, you're a man of war. That's, he wasn't going to let him do that. It's going to be his son. But in this passage here, we see God again bringing his plan um, for hope, bringing hope to Israel and the world. 2 Samuel 7, 12 to 16, God says to David, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 
I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So we have God again um, establishing his promise of the hope of Israel to David. It was going to be through the line of David that Jesus would come. I would like to read out of Isaiah 9 yet. I believe it was probably in the extreme dark days of Israel that Isaiah would have brought this message. But again, it's the prophecy of Jesus coming. Isaiah 9, 1-7. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, and the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and the garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. A beautiful prophecy of the promised Messiah. who was the only hope for Israel and the world. So that has been down through the ages, this promise of hope coming in the past. And I had to think, where, 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 was, where has my hope been? Where has where is your hope been? Does our hope have foundation? Does my hope have foundation? Hope in, earth, uh, in, un, hope in earthly, unfounded, optimism will leave us feeling empty. I trust you have found hope through Jesus. If you have not asked him into your heart today, today is the day. Today is the day for hope to come into your life. So that moves us into the next one, which is I have is present. What does hope look like in our lives today?
So I would just like to read from Apostle John's Gospel, John 1. It's a favorite uh, passage of mine. John refers to Jesus as the Word. John 1, 1 to 18. Here we have the, the promise of the Messiah being fulfilled. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was not before for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. That's just a beautiful passage of John explaining how God came and was the light. And as we know, Jesus wasn't received well, um, even among his own people. But he says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That is a beautiful thing. That, that, is, that is our only hope. Receiving Jesus. Jesus, the word of hope, had come and dwelt on earth. Jesus came and he gave his life on the cross. And he lived victorious. Third day he arose, was victorious over death and hell. And through that, we can have um, we can have eternal life, the hope of eternal life. I just like how First Peter one three says. First Peter one three 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So we believe in Jesus. We are born again. And Jesus gives us a living hope. Where is your hope today? Is your hope a living hope? Have you been born again? Jesus' work on the cross is our only hope. And a song kept coming to me as I was studying for this. And I just wrote the first verse down in the course. Not exactly sure on the title. But it says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Jesus is our only hope. But it doesn't stop there for us today, and it's probably one of the most beautiful things. Move into the third section, which I have is future. And First Corinthians 15, 19. I like how the Apostle Paul puts it there, and it took me a little bit to grasp what he's getting at. But if living for Jesus and hope in Jesus was only for today. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So if that was our only, in this life was hope in Jesus was, it wouldn't go beyond that. Um, there really wouldn't be, as Paul says, we'd be men most miserable. If Christ had not risen, resurrected from the dead, Christians would not have the hope of eternal life or forgiveness of sins. But because Jesus was victorious over death and resurrected from the dead, we have a hope of a future with him. And that is a beautiful thing. Let's turn to Romans 8 yet. Romans 8, 24 and 25. Romans 8, 24 and 25 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope? What why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, 
then we do with patience wait for it. So the first part of verse 24 there says we are saved by hope. Um, we know we are saved by faith. So it's just the way it's worded there. Uh, I looked into that and it says the believer is sustained by hope. or is be Because we know there's something beyond this life that gives us courage to go on. Paul says, if we hope for something we see, it's, it's really not hope. But we have, we have heaven to look forward to, and that's, none of us have ever seen that. And that's what Paul's saying here. But if we hope for what we see not, then, we, then do we with patience wait for it. And in this whole thing of hope in the past and for us today and what it will be in the future. I think the future will be the most beautiful thing. And that is the completion of our salvation. We look forward to new bodies, new heaven and new earth, rest and reward, an eternal family and home, the absence of sin and suffering, and being face to face with our Redeemer, Jesus. I trust that is our hope here today. I've had hopes and dreams in my past that I had to lay down and realize it's beyond this present age. And the only hope left is the future. Melanie, I have said goodbye to two little hopes in our lives. And while we had hopes and dreams, it is because of the, the future, the future hope of seeing those little babies in heaven. And I also, also said goodbye to father-in-law. And I'll just never forget. In our setting there, family was able to go up and shovel dirt on his grave. And I just remember becoming so overcome with emotion.
but it wasn't so much about saying goodbye as much as it was about the distance between now and seeing him again. And I trust there's those of us that have done similar things. And our only hope is through Jesus. And the only hope of seeing Jesus in our eternal family is committing our life to Jesus and our focus on Jesus as we go through this life. These beautiful promises are to be ours if we keep our focus and our hope on our Lord and Savior. And I would just like to challenge us as opportunities come our way to give hope to a brother or sister or someone we meet at random. Let's share our hope that we have with them. As Philippians or First Peter three fifteen says, "Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear." May we be able to ultimately share our hope with those around us. Let's bow our heads for prayer.